that's where about 70% of applications sit. And if that's you, um, then you're, you're automatically competing at the same level as, as um, 70%. So how do you get to that, that extra 30%? How do you get to the, the higher level of research? So um, I suggest starting doing your research now. Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Ignite. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla and I'm an LPC student and future trainee solicitor. In this episode, we are joined by Hannah Wright, Early Ambitions Advisor at Shakespeare Martineau. Hannah will be sharing insight into how to increase your chances of making a successful application, how to shine during an assessment centre, impress during an interview, and what to do if you receive a rejection from your dream firm. So welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast, Hannah. It's great to have you here. Hi, good morning, Camilla. Um, And just for the listeners who who might not have listened to any of our podcasts before, this is kind of a special episode for us today. Well, firstly, because Hannah is our first um, early ambitions advisor to come onto the show. So it's going to be great to get her insight. But also because I'm going to be joining Shakespeare Martineau um, as a trainee solicitor in 2022. So... Yeah, it's um, extra special to have Hannah here today. That's great to be here. So before we get into the questions, would you mind telling the listeners a bit about your career background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I obviously work at Shakespeare Martineau, Early Ambitions Advisor. Um, my, my career background is a little bit um, different. I, I did a psychology degree um, going back quite a few years. Uh, I took some time out afterwards, went travelling. I've worked pretty much most jobs under the sun, I think. Um, I uh, worked uh, in recruitment. I then went travelling again. Um, I moved to Canada, lived in Canada for a while. Wow. uh, And then came back in 2012, I think it was, uh, and did my master's degree at Warwick uh, in HR um, and fell into the legal sector. It was I thought I was on, online for the financial sector. That's where my ambitions were. But sometimes life takes a bit of a detour um, and you go down a path you're not expecting. And it turns out to be brilliant. So um, I'm now seven years experience um, in the legal sector. Uh, I've done all sorts of all sorts of things in human resources. Um, but early talent is always something I've, I've had an eye on. Um, always something I've been involved in, something I'm very passionate about. Um, both recruiting great people um, because I, you know, I firmly believe that the early talent in the business, they are the future of the firm. Um, so you, know, you are recruiting, you're recruiting your future. Um, so recruit, recruitment, but also how we develop those people so that they can be the best that they can be. So I've, I've been at Shakespeare Martineau now for um, about seven months. I joined, joined in the middle of the first lockdown 
Um, and uh, it's, it's been fantastic. It's, it's a fantastic firm to work for. When I was choosing a firm to work at, I was very picky. Um, and Shakespeare Martineau was always at the top of my list. Uh, so I had very, very high expectations when I came into the firm, but I've been absolutely blown away. And I think particularly during the pandemic, um, the firm has really shown um, what, what sort of business it is um, and how much they care about their employees. Um, and, and what sort of future that they're going to have, which is which is fantastic to be a part of. Oh, that's really great to hear. Um, so let, let's get straight let's get straight into the application advice now, because I'm sure listeners will be really um, keen to hear your your insight on this. Um, so you know, it's no secret that law firms receive hundreds and sometimes even thousands of applications for training contracts and vacation schemes. Um, and I think I actually read on uh, Shakespeare Martineau's website yesterday, or I can't remember where it was, that um, you interview less than 10% of, of the mm. applications that come in. So what makes a candidate stand out at the application stage? How can they make it into that top 10%? Yeah, do you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's less than 10%, you're right. Um, oh, right. Um, and, and I think um, there, are, there are three things I'd really suggest that people do. And um, they are, if you do these three things, I think you, you stand in a really good position. So the first thing uh, is, is research. And, and I think, you know, how I've, I've been working in recruitment-related activities now for such a long time um, that I know I can, I can tell a lot from, from even the start of an application um, there's kind of a there's a base level of, of research. I think most people, about seventy percent of people, will think that they want to work at the firm, um, and then a week or so before the deadline, maybe even longer, maybe a month before the deadline, they they will think, oh, I'm going to do my application. They'll put aside maybe an evening, um, and they will write their answers. They will probably go on our website, um, look for some keywords, um, and, and they will apply. Um, apply off at that point that's where about 70 percent of applications sit and if that's you um then you're you're automatically competing at the same level as as um 70 percent so how do you get to that that extra 30 percent how do you get to the the higher level of research so um i suggest starting doing your research now uh, so there are so many opportunities you can get involved in um, so many different things that you can you can do you can read um, that will help you really get a more in-depth knowledge of that business that you're looking to apply to um, I don't think it's really enough to just look at the website um, and pick up some keywords because you know you will fall into that 70 percent um, what you want to be doing really is is getting um, beneath the business so um, following them on social media number one point, um, reading some of the blogs that they put out, watching some of the webinars, uh, reading about their clients, if there's any information about their clients, finding out more about their clients. That way, if, if you have any, any questions or anything where you're able to show your commercial awareness, for example, you're able to not only give a, a, a good commercial awareness answer, but you're able to tailor it to the business that you're actually applying to um, and possibly even tailor it to the clients that they have and the markets that they operate in. Um, and if you're able to do that, it really, really does stand out. So research, 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 research is number one. Uh, the second thing, start your questions in advance. So here at Shakespeare Martineau, we open our application process in January, January 2021, and we close in June 2021. Most applications will come through um, a week or a week before the, the deadline. Um, what I suggest that you do 
is in January, if you want to apply to our firm, you you open up the application then, and I'm not suggesting that you answer the question then, um, but you you open up the application and you look at what those questions are. Um, maybe even just pop them onto a Word document on your computer. Um, and then as things come up over the, the period of the next few months, just add things into those, just add things in and think, oh, this might, this is something I've just read today. That might, that might fit really, really well into that question. Um, and then when you get to May, you will probably have the, the bare bones of a really good answer. Um, and you're not trying to just think of things um, in retrospect. It's all kind of things that you're coming across as, as, you, as you go along and you've not missed something. Um, so that's, that's the second thing I would suggest that you do. And then the final thing is checking your document at the end. So, you know, you've, you've done all this research, you've, you've done a deep dive into the business, you know a lot about us. Um, you've started your question in advance, so you've started building that, um, building the framework of how you want to answer it. In, in May, when you when you go to answer that question or, or the, the series of questions, um, write, you've finished writing your answers, but then don't press submit until you've checked it a few times. And how I would suggest that you check it, and I'm sure that this isn't news to anyone, um, but check it, then double check it, then ask someone else to check it. Then I suggest you leave it for 24 hours and check it again. Um, the reason why I suggest that you do that is because, you know, you, whenever you read a sentence, you, your, your brain, if it's something that you've written, your brain knows what it's meant to be reading. So it misses the detail in that sometimes. Um, and there are quite a lot of applications I've seen that have been really good applications, but there are spelling errors and grammar errors. I would say, uh, at least 70% of applications, um, last year had some spelling or grammar errors in them. And as a lawyer, you need to be able to put forward a concise argument, um, and that argument needs to be accurate. Uh, if you if you're a lawyer and you have a spelling error in a, a legal document, that could cost you a lot of money. That could have a massive impact. Um, so I highly suggest that you you go through and, and read that document because we do look at attention to detail. We do look at your spelling and grammar, um, and you you know you can lose points uh, if you, if your spelling and grammar isn't isn't up to par um, and those you, know, you might only lose a couple of points on your application but when there are hundreds of applications um, and only you know, less than 10% of them are going through to assessment centre that couple of points can and will make the difference between getting a spot at, spot at assessment centre and not so your research and starting the question in advance will really help you to stand out and make sure that your questions are your answer to your questions are um, specific um, and focus towards the business in a way that um, a way that sets you out sets you apart from from other applicants. Um, but that attention to detail really makes sure that you are not going to slip up on the final hurdle. Because if you put all this work in, you really don't want to slip up on a couple of little spelling mistakes. I completely agree with with that. I mean, I would always put my applications to the side and then read them after a few days, and you'd actually be really surprised at what you think might be an error-free application if you go back after a few days when you've you know had a chance to get some distance from it um yeah it's it's crazy to like what what you've actually missed so that's really good advice the other thing actually is what's what i find really um interesting the number of applications that i see see that are submitted at late at night 
Um, I haven't looked at the stats on it, but I think that there are the majority of them that have errors on them will have been submitted late at night. So never submit your application um, late at night. So I think people hit a point where they kind of go, do you know what? I'm sure it's fine. I've, I've read it a couple of times. I'm sure it's fine. But your, your brain's tired at that point. So it's always best to leave it. Um, and pick it up in the morning um, or as, as you say Camilla pick it up a couple of days later and have another read when you've got fresh eyes and then you will you will probably find errors and you know you just don't want to slip up on that final hurdle. So we may have already touched on this but what are the most common mistakes that you see at the application stage? Attention to detail yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it is always yeah it's, it's largely on the little spelling errors um, yeah. and 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 I think those are things, I think what's upsetting about that is those are things that you have complete control over. So, um, and I think what's what's difficult is I think people rely quite a lot on Microsoft Word um, and they rely a lot on their spell check. Yeah. Um, and your spell check will get it wrong. So I have seen applications before where um, people will say the word this instead of the word that and Microsoft Word doesn't pick that up. But that changes the entire sentence. That's probably the most common mistake. Yeah, that's the most common mistake, I'd say. Okay, so um, before we get to the application stage, uh, how much work experience do you think that a candidate needs before they stand a good chance of making an application? And do you think it needs to be legal or non-legal? Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I really don't like that question, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> and, and I think that the reason for that is because it's really difficult to say. Yeah. And I think... Um, I think people really get focused on I don't have enough work experience and you know I've spoken to a lot of students over the past couple of months at law fairs and I think people are really concerned about the experience that they've got and is that enough um but to be completely honest it's not really even about the the amount but it's more about the content and how you're selling it so um so don't worry if you think you know you don't have enough it's it's really about what you did during that time rather than how much of it you did Think about what you've learnt, and I think people don't people don't sell their non legal work experience enough. I think there is a real focus on people to get legal work experience, and and don't get me wrong, legal work experience is brilliant. Whatever experience you can get will be really really helpful to you in terms of helping you to decide what firm you want to be in, the type of law you want to be in, and and actually just solidifying that you actually want to be in law. So legal work experience is fantastic. But don't don't downplay your non-legal work experience um, because it's all really, really relevant. I think um, if you have experience working in a shop or waitressing, whatever that is, that's customer service experience. And that's absolutely essential for, for a lawyer. You know, you have clients, you need to be looking after them, you need to be building relationships with them. Um, so, so that experience is really helpful. Also, if you've been waitressing or working in a shop while you've been studying, that's excellent time management skills. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that you've had difficult situations come up while you've been doing that doing that work experience. You know, you might have had situations where your your colleagues haven't shown up to work and it's been really, really busy. Um, you get experience dealing with really stressful situations at that point and or, you know, time sensitive, time critical situations where you've got a lot of things to do. Um, so that's all really, really good experience. So don't downplay it. Um, really, really think about what you've learnt in, in both your legal and non-legal work experience and how that can be transferred to the role of a solicitor. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that would be really helpful for our listeners to, to know because I know, I, you know, from speaking to quite a few people, um, I think people think they need to have like lots of legal work experience. So that's really handy to know. 
So what would you advise to students or graduates who are looking to boost their CV during the pandemic, given that people are working from home at the moment, so it's a lot more difficult to gain work experience? Yeah, I think that's a really great question, Camilla, because it's something that I've come up against quite a lot. Um, While I've been going to a lot of law fairs and speaking to a lot of people, um, a lot of students and graduates seem to be really concerned about that experience and, and where they get it. Um, and there also seems to be a bit of concern around training contracts and the availability of these applications and making sure that their applications do stand out during a competitive process. And it's something that we've really taken taken consideration of here at Shakespeare Master and thought about how we can support you. There are, there are a couple of things I would say. So first of all, um, if you are finding it hard to get work experience, the first thing I would suggest you do is, is research and read. Um, there is you, you can still find out a lot about the legal sector and a lot about law firms just by doing your research. So um, look on social media, follow people on social media. We have a really high social media presence here at, at Shakespeare Martineau. Uh, so if you follow us on LinkedIn, on, on Twitter, you will get access to lots of things about the business. So you will see um, there are lots of webinars that we put out that you can watch. There are um, lots of blogs. There's also um, conversations with our CEO and some of the material that she's putting out as well. So um, there is a, there's a really great opportunity for, for you to learn um, just by, by following people on social media. There are also lots of other events that you can still go to. So, so I would suggest that you do just try and get as much exposure as you can. Um, we actually sat down uh, myself and um, my uh, our head of talent here at Shakespeare Martineau and thought about how we can support students and graduates and um, how we can help you to get some of that experience that I know people are really, really keen to get and um, fearful that, that, that are lacking at the moment. So we've actually designed um, a virtual insight week um, that we are running on the, the 14th to the 18th of December. And the, the, the concept of this is to really give you the opportunity to, to get some of that experience. Um, it's a really comprehensive program. I, I keep re- referring to it as a smorgasbord of activities. Um, so it's, it's not just um, sitting in front of a webinar for, for a week solid. Um, there are a variety of different events. So there's the opportunity to um, develop your commercial awareness. We've got a couple of sessions running on COVID and Brexit um, and the tech uh, impact of tech on the legal sector. Um, there's the opportunity to speak to people in our business. Um, so we've got kind of uh, paralegal Q and A sessions. Um, we have um, some partners in the business coming in to talk about you, talk to you about their career development um, at the firm and where you can develop your career here. Um, there's the opportunity to learn more about the firm and our culture. Um, so our head of talent and culture is doing a session around what our culture is. Um, and around how, what, our, what our ambitions are for the firm. Um, and on the topic of ambitions, our CEO has even said, yes, I'm, I'm really happy to do a session. I'd love to, to meet with some of, your, some of the students out there. Um, so she's even running a session where you can meet her and, and pose your questions directly to her as well. Um, and on top of that, um, we have um, some sessions to kind of help develop you as well. So I'm running some sessions on applications and assessment centres, um, as well as giving you some experience of, um, group activities in a virtual assessment centre. So um, we are running some a group activity session as well. So kind of simulating that um, assessment centre experience and the ability to learn about our academy programme as well. So there is 
there are a lot of different things happening that week. And, and the best thing about it is that it isn't, there's no application process. It really is for you um, to pick a program that works for you. All you need to do is go onto our website um, and go to our virtual insights page, so go to our website, search for virtual insight week, and you will find this program and you just register for the events you want to attend. You can attend all of them. You can attend one of them. It's totally up to you. Um, but it should give you some of that experience um, that will really, really help you to get that insight that you're that you're needing at the moment, um, and and tailored tailored to you and what your what your needs are. So there's so that's one thing I would suggest our virtual insight week. But there are plenty of other ways that you can you can get involved and um, learn more about us, or learn more about other law firms as well. Um, we also have on our website you, you, if you um, go onto our training contracts page you will see we have a future lawyers Q&A. So the first Tuesday of every month, we have the opportunity for you to speak to our trainees in a Q&A setting. Um, so there's lots of opportunities. I would just say, take advantage of those as much as possible. Um, and if you can, if there's, if, the, if there's the opportunity to ask questions, um, do, because you'll get more out of it in that sense. That sounds great. It sounds like a really great week. Um, and do you think that that's, those sort of experiences can be used to sort of um, show your sort of commitment to the legal sector when you're making applications? Yeah, definitely. And I think because um, someone actually asked me recently, so is that something that I could put on my on my application that I've attended that? Absolutely. Um, you know, why why wouldn't you? Um, yeah. But what's really helpful is, as I think, what it comes back to is the point I made before is it's not just about what you did, but it's about the content of it and what you learned. So um, yes, definitely write it on applications, but you know, what, what did you learn in those sessions? What did you learn from, from coming to that week? That's, that's the, the key stuff really. And then um, diving in a bit deeper into the work experience section, how, I mean, this is a question that people ask me sometimes, like how should we be setting out our experience in the, um, experiences in the work experience section you know should it be bullet points does it need to be a bit more expansive um, you know how should how should people be selling their experiences yeah I find that to be a really difficult question to answer because I don't think there is one set way um, I think it really depends on you and what you're most comfortable with because some people are, are really comfortable much more comfortable with bullet points some people are much more comfortable with paragraphs it's totally up to you I think that the the key things for me are uh, to remember to to be concise. You want to add the detail in because the details where we really learn about you and, and what your experience is. Um, and it's what I always say is it's not it's not just about the what, it's about the so what. So um, you know, rather than just saying, you know, I, I shadowed um X Mirror X firm, so what? what? What did you learn in that time? Um, so including that that detail is really, really helpful. Um, but you should always try and be concise. At the end of the day, um, when you're a lawyer, um, you will need to write concise and concise and convincing arguments. So um, where, where better to start than in your application form? Um, so put your, get your information, make sure that it's got the detail in there. But as long as it's concise, I think that you're, you're on the right track. Brilliant. Thank you for um, yeah making that clear. So um, let's move on now to the assessment centre and the interview, which is um, definitely quite a daunting stage. I'm sure many people will agree. Um, what do you think the best way to prepare for an assessment centre is? That's a really good question. I think if you've if you've done your application right, then there's actually minimal prep that's required. So. And what I mean by that is if you if you follow those steps, so we talked before about researching and starting that research early, um, 
following us on social media, um, engaging regularly with blogs, with webinars, you'll learn a lot about business. So actually, when it comes to assessment centre, there's less research you have to do because you've already got it in front of you. Um, you also shouldn't need to cram. Um, you shouldn't need to be thinking, oh, gosh, what are the values? What, what does the business stand for? What are the key words? What are the phrases I need to show? Because you will know them because you'll, be, you'll have been experiencing them for the past four, five, six months. Um, so I, I think the biggest advice I have on preparation for an assessment centre is start that research for your application now. Um, the other things I would suggest, so once, once you've got your research down, um, you, will, you will know there are key themes in that. You will know there are key attributes, key values that the firm has. And think about what you want to show about yourself also. You know, we, we talk a lot at Shakespeare Master there about being authentic, collaborative, trusted and brave. Um, so think about, you know, if I'm at an assessment centre, how will I show them that I have those attributes? Because it's not just about telling people, it's about showing them. So how can I show that I'm brave? How can I show that I'm collaborative? Um, so have that in mind. And then the final thing I would say, in terms of us at Shakespeare Martineau, is be yourself. We, we don't have a cookie cutter approach to recruitment here. Um, and we recruit, we recruit individuals. We like to do that because, you know, quite honestly, it's, um, we like to have a diversity of, of people in the firm because um, you have people bringing different ideas into the fold. Um, and when I say diverse, I, I mean diverse. I don't, I'm not just talking about having equal amounts of men and women. I'm talking about um, people from different backgrounds, people with different stories to tell. Because when you are collaborating on, on projects, when you're collaborating on ideas, um, where you start and where you end will be very different if you, if you have a group of people who have different thoughts, different backgrounds, different stories. So um, we, we purposely like to recruit people who are different. So don't think about trying to fit a mould. Just think about what you are proud of about yourself and what your, what your attributes are that you want to show um, and, and do that because that's what we want to see. So the other thing I would say is, is prep your space. So we are um, currently all working remotely. Um, this year, our virtual our assessment centre went, went virtual and it might be virtual again next year at this point. We're not sure because we don't know what 2021 will look like yet. But if it is virtual, prep your space beforehand. Make sure that you're set up 15 minutes before that starts because you, you really don't want to be in a rush um, five minutes before your assessment centre trying to sort out your, your connectivity. So um, get on Zoom, get ready uh, 15 minutes before your assessment centre starts. Have a cup of tea, have a pad of paper and a pen next to you whatever it is that you think you'll need but just make sure that you're ready um, and have a backup plan so if it is virtual make sure that you've got so if you if you can do a personal hotspot on your phone make sure you know how to do that because if your if your tech cuts out then it can be really really stressful and um, so just uh, think about what you would do think about if you if your tech does fall out do you have a backup plan and the final thing I would say um, is breathe <laughs> you know people will be um you know i think anyone who, who came to our assessment center this year camilla you you'll you'll remember um yeah. my <laughs> my decision to before the assessment center started we did some deep breathing exercises and and i keep saying to people breathe you know we it is a, we know it's a difficult time we know assessment centers are um are challenging but try and have fun as much as you can and if you're feeling stressed at all just just try and 
remember to refocus your breathing and hopefully that will help you quite a lot. I am doing a, a virtual insight week. I am doing a session specifically on preparing for assessment centres. So um, if you want more advice, then uh, hopefully that will be an insight, insightful session for you. Great. I love that. I love all of that advice. I think it's um, really brilliant, especially about being yourself. Um, I think it can be quite daunting to think, oh, you know, I need to present myself in a certain type of way. But I think, yeah, being yourself is the best way at the end of the day. You want to make sure that you're joining somewhere that is going to be a good fit for you. So there's no point being someone else and then um, turning up, turning up, turning up to work um, and then thinking, oh, actually, this potentially isn't isn't the right place for me exactly we spend so much of our time at work you know it's got to be the right fit um and you know and, and as much as I can sit here and say Shakespeare Martineau is fantastic and it is fantastic and I absolutely love it here it might not be the fit for some people and that's totally fine um and, uh, and yeah. you you've got to really work out what what works for you and um what it is that what sort of business that you want to be in um, and and yeah as you say don't don't try and be someone that you're not um because actually what we want to see is just all we want to see is who you are so what are your top tips for doing well in the group task that's a really good question so number one i'm going to come back to it again be yourself so in all of the activities just be yourself um yeah but think about the task at hand um, and the best way of approaching it. So you're always given a task of some sort and generally you will have some time to think it through first of all. So use that time wisely. Um, But the other thing I'd say, you know, it is a group task on purpose. So um, we want to see the role that you take in a team and we want to see how you collaborate. So um, I think, you know, really think about, um, not just your ideas, but the other ideas in the group um, and how you can bring them together those are I think that's kind of a, a very quick overview but the, the main focus on that is is really being yourself I think people quite often will want to um, think they have to be the loudest um, and that's not necessarily the case it is difficult in a group task particularly in, in a virtual setting when the virtual when, you, when your assessment center is virtual it definitely does add another dynamic into it we are actually during our virtual insight week running a session um, which we're calling it's called crushing problems group activity and is designed to simulate um, a a group activity in an assessment centre to give you some experience um, of doing that really. So that's something that you are particularly nervous about, then I would highly recommend that you sign up for that event in our virtual insight week. That sounds great. How do you think a candidate can shine during an interview? That's a really good question. Um, I keep saying that, but it is. Um, So Number one, know the company. So you've you've done your research already, so you should know the business. Um, you will probably also really know the sort of questions that they might ask you because you know you, you've you've picked up stuff from the assessment centre. You've um, you've done your, res- your your research into the business, so you'll know about the culture by this point. So you'll know the sort of questions that you are likely to be asked. What I would suggest that you, you do in in preparation, if you haven't done it yet or if you're not familiar with it, look up the star technique. So um, it's spelled yeah s-t-a-r star um and it stands for situation task action results and in my experience it's a really fantastic tool to use to answer a question so it what it does is it enables you to to give enough detail um in answer to a question but for that that detail and the answer to still be focused um, and it gives us the the information that we're really needing so for example if you're asked 
when have you worked as part of a team on a problem, um, you would give the situation, you would give the, the specific task that you were given to do. You would then talk about what action you took. Um, and you might want to say as, as a group, but also importantly, you really should also talk about what action you did and then what the outcome was. And I think quite often people miss the outcome bit. They often talk, if they're asked, when, when did you work as part of a team? Um, they will talk about when they were as part of a team, but they won't give the outcome and they won't give the, the result to it. And actually that's really, really helpful because it could be, you know, we worked as part of a team on this project and we got, it was a university project and we, we wound up getting an A and that, that tells me the outcome. So it's a really, really great tool to use and I highly recommend that you look, you research it and, and use it because that will help you in your interview. Um, and the final thing, when you are given the opportunity to ask questions at the end, make sure that your questions are, are, are well thought out because what you what you don't want to do, particularly if you've given a, a great interview, is, is ask questions that you could probably find the answer to on the internet. You know, you might want to research the, um, the interviewers beforehand and you might have some questions relating specifically to them or their experience, or it might be a, a, a question that you have that... Um, will help you to really decide if it is if it is the firm that you want to be building your career at. So, you know, a question that's a result of your your research and, and your interest in the firm. Uh, but just really try and um, make sure that your questions are um, well thought out and focused. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing. And I mean, my personal, um, something that I always used to like to do for interviews, just to kind of get into the frame of mind was like, power posing and things like that and like really upbeat music because I think it always helps to go into an interview feeling kind of upbeat and rather than sort of um, nervous and that's a really great idea you know I've heard people talking about power posing a lot before um, and I think it's brilliant because you you know you're right you, you do I think whatever you can do to make yourself feel confident, you should do it because it, it is super nerve wracking. And, you know, and I say, say this as a recruiter, but also as someone who's, who's been at assessment centers and been at interviews before in my life, it is super nerve wracking. So yeah, power posing, that's a, that's a great idea. And, you know, some, for some people it's wearing, you know, even if it is virtual, make sure you, if, if it makes you feel more confident to dress up yeah. than do, um, just, whatever gives you the confidence really I think and helps you to relax a bit at the same time definitely um so let's move on now to virtual events um we've kind of touched on these a little bit already um but you know like you said everything's moving on to um, online platforms at the moment um because of the pandemic and we don't know how long that's going to be going on for so so that yeah like I said lots of the events are going to be online now like open days insight weeks and law fairs so do you th- um, how do you think a candidate should prepare for these types of events? Uh, good question. I would say the same way as a normal event, to be honest. Um, I think the first thing I say is, is think about what you want to get from it. So um, are you what point are you at with with your career? So is it are you are you really still thinking, you know, I don't know where I want to be. I don't know what law firm I, I want to be at. So you're, you're coming to those law fairs thinking oh, I want to get more experience. I want to get more insight into all the different firms out there. Um, or are you are you at a position where you're thinking I definitely want to be at this firm um, and or, or one of these few firms and I just want to get more information from them? Um, in which case you can focus down um, into the firms you're speaking to. Um, first thing, yeah, I think just think about what you want to get from it. Um, if it is a law fair, um, you know, research the firms beforehand, and I would actually say even if you think you know where you want to be. Um, 
give some research to the other firms because you might be surprised um, and you know, keep an open mind. You, you never know what you're going to find out because quite often these, the, the time you have in front of people is limited. Um, preparing beforehand and thinking about what you want to get from it. And if you have any specific questions, that will make sure that the, um, you're using that time, that, that minimal time that you have, you're using it effectively. So yeah, I would say at the, at the law fair itself, um, they're each kind of, they're each different. So some of them you can only engage by chat. Um, other ones you can actually talk to people. Um, if you can talk to people, do. Um, and on top of that, if you can um, put your camera on, put your camera on because I think you, it's really, really helpful for me um, as a recruiter to have um, to have someone to talk to face to face because sometimes it does feel like I'm talking at a void. Um, so if you're happy to put a camera on, um, please do. And it will also just help you to build that relationship. Um, so one thing that I just wanted to ask you, I wanted to see if this was a myth or whether there was any truth to this, but I've heard in the past that if you impress and ask great questions during an open day or at a law fair and um, graduate recruitment might recognize you or remember you or sort of note your name down and then it could help you get past the initial paper application stage is is there any truth to that or is that uh, one of those sort of recruitment myths out there um in my experience it is definitely a myth but but that's in my experience and the reason why i say that is because we work really really hard to have a really unbiased recruitment process okay um, and we want all of our candidates to be in the in the same position when their when their applications are being judged we we wouldn't want to necessarily favor someone because of the question that they've asked at, at sure. um, a law fair if you ask a great question though what's really helpful is that you will probably have a, an answer that's really specific to that and that um that answer will really help you to stand out at, in your application um which might put you in a better position um, because you've got a more more of a standout application so it wouldn't necessarily help you to actually get past the stage just by speaking to someone but you might be able to get some value from that conversation that you can add to your application that might give you like something unique to say yeah that's exactly it it's the it's the the value that you would get from that conversation and it comes back to that bit that I said earlier around making your application stand out and about that research and how most people will will go onto the website pick a few keywords up and pop that in their application but if you've asked some really well thought out questions um, and you can use those answers in your application that will make you stand out brilliant now, rejections sometimes can be inevitable. Despite our best efforts, we might make a what we think is a great application to our dream firm, but um, something doesn't go right along the way, and we receive that rejection. Um, and you know, I'm sure many candidates have been in that position before. If a candidate receives a rejection from their dream firm, is that the end of the road, or do you think a candidate can apply a second or even third time if they've been rejected? Yeah, I, I, it's definitely not the end of the road. In fact, you know, I, I see it as a positive more than anything. If it is your dream firm, please don't give up. You will be, for some people, they'll be at university, they'll be in their second year, and they get that training contract at the dream firm in their second year. And I think that's fantastic. And, and that's brilliant that they've done that. But that's not the case for everyone. You know, I think most people out there will have rejections. And if, if it is your dream firm, do not give up. There will be a way forward. It might be that you apply for a training contract again next year, in which case you will have um, been a better position, hopefully, because you will have knowledge of, of that process um, that you didn't have the year beforehand and you'll have learned lessons. 
the other thing is you know think about where else you can go so if you're if if for example if it's if your dream firm is, is us at Shakespeare Martineau, firstly, thank you for, for your dream firm. Um, but if you want to come to us and let's say you are rejected from your training contract, you can apply next year. Or if you're in a position where you finished your, your degree and you're looking at paralegal roles, for example, maybe look at coming in and joining us as a legal assistant or a paralegal. Um, and then what, you know, when you're in the business, we can help work with you to, to help you so that you're 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 in a better position um, when you next apply for the training contract, so that you, you know your skills are developed further to, to help you to succeed further down the line. So it, it definitely isn't the end of the road. Should a candidate apply a second or even third time? Yes, absolutely. Please don't please don't give up on your dreams. <laughs> oh, that's really um, inspiring. So yeah, I mean, thank you so much for answering all of our questions. Um, I feel like I've really uh, asked you so many today, but we've just got one last question, which is, what do you enjoy most about being an early ambitions advisor? Do you know, what? it's really difficult. It's, it's really difficult to say that. And I think, because um, there's so many different elements of my job that I love. I'm in my role I'm able to kind of to help change the way that we develop people at the firm which is which is fantastic to be a part of um but I think my favorite moments um through my career have always been seeing people qualify and um I will always I will never forget the, the first person that um uh, that qualified when I was looking after them really and it was it was really lovely seeing people achieve their dreams um, and it's something that you know you work really hard for, and, and Camilla, you'll know this because you know you've, you've, you're, you're going through that process. Yeah. But um, you know, you've it's it's not an easy slog. You know, you're you're doing your your, your degree, you then got your your LPC or, or your GDL, and then LPC depending on what path you're taking. Um, you then got the the fun times of of doing this whole application and assessment centre process. It's competitive. It can be really stressful. So it's it's not easy. And then to get the training contract, that doesn't mean that it all stops then because you are working really hard as a trainee. So the moment that you then qualify, um, I love that because it's seeing people achieve their goals and achieve their ambitions and knowing the work that they've done and knowing what they've done to get there is, is really, really lovely. And, and knowing that I've been able to help them um, achieve that is, is a really, really rewarding experience for me. Lovely. That sounds really um really sort of fulfilling so yeah that's the end of our interview thank you so much Hannah for being a guest on the podcast Um, it's been great to have you on the show and you've provided so much helpful and insightful advice into the whole process like you said it can be really daunting so hopefully we've provided some guidance to make that journey a little bit easier for the listeners Um, but yeah thanks again for coming on the show well, thank you for having me. I'm hoping that that was helpful. Um, and if, if people have other questions, I'm more than happy if people want to reach out to me on LinkedIn um, or if you've got questions about the future lawyer Q&As or the Virtual Insight Week, just just send me a message. Um, if I can help, um, I'll always try to. So um, yeah, do reach out. Wonderful, thank you. Thanks to all the listeners as well um, for joining us and we'll see you next time. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. We'd like to thank Felix Knight for producing this podcast today.